This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Round two, welcome back to the BetQL Network. It is Tapped Out. Brendan Tobin and the sports machine, Sean Levine. Working our way up to... Piotr Jan taking on Marab Davalashvili. Although, what just happened, man? I mean, I'm trying to host this radio show, trying to avoid that dog barking, trying to watch this Saeed Nurmagomedov fight out of the corner of my eye, and then I see Jonathan Martinez get his hand raised. What's going on? I didn't either. I was very confused. Like, we were starting the show, and I was like, oh, Saeed's got two in the bag. Apparently, he lost the decision. I was like, wait, what? Goodness. He very wow. Like, he didn't do anything in that second round except be uh, be held up against the cage for three minutes. But he had, like, the very first uh, the very first couple minutes of that round, he dominated. He clearly won round one. I don't know, man. Listen, I'm just, uh, I'm just a guy watching fights having an opinion, but I think that's a terrible decision. I assume when I looked up and he got his hand raised, I was like, Oh, Martinez must have head kicked him or something. We just missed it. But, you know, whatever. Judges are terrible. What are you going to do? No, by, by, by decision, judges definitely are terrible. Jonathan Martinez moves on to 18-4, and four, just the third loss in the career of one Saeed Nurmagomedov, who came into that fight as more than a 3-1 to one favorite to win. All right, lots of stuff in the news of combat, both boxing and inside the octagon. Let's start in boxing. Fury Usyk is finally official for April 29th. It feels like Tyson Fury has just become this mythical creature, this unbeatable legend, and I don't know if he's going to look that way when he steps into the ring against Usyk. Usyk's tough, man. Uh, I'm curious to see what these opening odds look like. I haven't even uh, peeped at that yet, but I would say uh, Usyk is awkward. Now, the thing that people got to realize is he's going to be a lot smaller than uh, Tyson Fury, and I know everybody kind of looks that way, but this guy was light heavyweight, universal uh, linear light heavyweight, cruiserweight champion of the world. Um, so now he's now come and basically gotten the majority of the belts by beating Anthony Joshua twice. This would make you uh, these guys, whoever wins, the undisputed heavyweight champion, something we haven't had since Lennox Lewis, um, which wow. would be really, really cool. Yeah, it'd be a really, really cool thing if that were to happen. Um, but... Usyk is he's gonna have to go through the fire a little bit because you know one thing about Tyson Fury that's become impressive uh, over the trilogy of the Deontay Wilder fights this is a guy who's become very very good at using his size to lean on guys um, and even Joshua had his moments against Usyk and I don't know if he's gonna have quite that same window so it's a tough matchup but he is a very skilled uh, tough to figure out you know, Ukrainian savage when it comes to, like, those moves that he can make. So I can't wait for this matchup, man. It's a, a really, really fun stylistic and size clash to see who's going to end up with all the belts. I knew it had been a long time since we had had an undisputed uh, heavyweight champion of the world that had all the belts. It's been 25 years? I mean, we're talking about Lennox Lewis? 
Playing boxing, dude. Always, uh, always able to uh, mess things up to never get there to a spot, right? That's crazy. All right, we did have the first press conference with uh, Tank Davis and uh, Ryan Garcia. It's crazy. Like I knew that, that that Gervonta Davis was not a tall guy, but he's even looking up at Ryan Garcia, who's certainly not a a skyscraper himself. Do you think that's going to give any sort of an advantage to reach of Ryan Garcia? Um, I don't just because, you know, Gervonta's best, uh, best work is usually dealt out of that nasty uppercut. So he's going to be in perfect prime position. I mean, honestly, I would say the biggest fight that he struggled with in his career, uh, and, you know, you see this fight too, was against Isak Cruz, who was one of the rare opponents who is shorter than Gervonta Davis. True. A lot of the times that can be a real mind mess up for guys. No, I think that that, uh, Gervonta, dealing with size or, or or length, I don't feel like that is going to be the big advantage. Um, the question really is going to, you know, depend upon what is the, the speed element going to be of this? You know, that's a, that's a big question. You're talking about two guys with some of the fastest offensive hands in the sport. Um, and Gervonta's got that signature, you know, uppercut with his right hand or, or for, and, uh, and then you have, Ryan Garcia, who's just got that sick check left hook that everybody uh, is aware of because they watch him on the Cobra bag on Instagram, just how skilled he is. So I'm just excited for it, man. I I'm so glad that two guys, you know, who are, are just scratching, not even really in their prime, are just scratching their prime, are getting in there, putting a lot on the line. I thought there was a ton of buzz around it this week. It feels like it's going to be a monster fight. Uh, this one I was almost, I almost wish I was in for Vegas for. I think it's going to have that kind of big fight feel to it, but kudos to the, all the parties involved finally getting one done because it feels like we've been teased too long with guys these matchups getting dragged out and we never get them so i'm glad i feel like this could be a a great series between them if it's a competitive first fight we obviously know tank has the knockout power to knock out ryan garcia how shocked would you be if ryan garcia and those fast hands put down tank davis uh, no, I mean, not shocked. I think the thing that was fascinating, I was talking to uh, David Benavides, who's going to be fighting Caleb Plant this week. He said the one thing that he thinks is interesting is they have a hydration clause. So Ryan Garcia cannot balloon up past 10 pounds on fight night. So he cannot do one of these things where he like kind of gimmicks the way in to get himself an oversized advantage. Um, and he thought that that was a, a really, that's going to help Tank Davis a lot as far as maybe diminishing Ryan Garcia's power. But I don't know. I mean, like, listen, the thing that with Ryan Garcia, it's not necessarily just a power thing. It's not like he's one of these guys that's one of the strongest. It's speed, it's timing. So you have two guys who, you know, I think Gervonta's maybe got the more natural, devastating firecracker power. But, man, if Ryan gets you not looking and you're on the wrong step and he hits you with that hook, we've seen what it can do to people. It's very, very devastating. Vegas is going to be popping that night. Absolutely going wild for that fight. By the way, Volkov, round one victory. Oh, How about that? our boy. Alexander Volkov, knockout. Go ahead and do your ice fishing, my friend. Cash your ticket if you had Volkov Ooh. by round one knockout. Speaking of knockout power, Francis Ngannou back in the news, and I don't think he's going to go away until we find out what his plan is. Going forward, Larry Coker, obviously the uh, the Dana White of Bellator, if you will, says that there's a 50-50 chance that he ends up in his promotion. Is he talking completely out of his ass? I think you mean Scott Coker. Did you like did my Miami Scott stuff Coker. behind you? Did my Miami <laughs> stuff behind you have the former national championship coach of the Canes, Larry Coker? That brought yeah. a smile to my but, face, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. 
Yeah, and, and Butch Davis is going to be his lieutenant. No, obviously Scott Coker. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels like that would be an obvious move for Bellator to pounce. I just think that even they know they'd have to pay a lot because there it does seem like there's a little bit of, you know, Anthony Joshua, Francis Ngannou relationship kind of building going on there towards a, a possible match between both of them. Uh, it, it feels very much like Francis is going to box first. I don't think that he returns to the UFC tail between leg without getting a monster payday from boxing. He has to he has to make sure this is worth it. And I almost think that, in a way, you know we always like the fights to... Um, we like the fights to simmer, or we like the fights as fast as possible, but I almost feel like now we're at the point where the drama of him being away can almost make the fight bigger. Now, if he goes and gets embarrassed by Anthony Joshua, maybe not. It's a bigger... But if he can look respectable and John is able to beat Stipe... If we can maybe get this by the end of the year where – I know what Dana says. Oh, we're never going to do it. Yeah, all right, dude. If if we can get to the end of the year and Francis, you know, looks decent against Anthony Joshua, I do think that it's still possible we'll get that super matchup by the end of the year. I disagree with what you just said about Dana and brushing under the rug. There's no person that's more stubborn that's willing to cut off their nose to spite their face than Dana White. We've seen throughout the history of the promotion that he doesn't give – he says he gives a damn about the fans and gives us the fight – until he's got beef with one of the fighters. And then it's like, yeah, screw you too. I'll make that decision. If he says that Ngannou's not coming back to the UFC, I'd be surprised to, I don't, I don't think he wants to have that press conference to announce that he is coming back. I mean, have you, you heard what he said about John Jones and how he would have dusted um, Ngannou the same way that he did Cyril Gan. Like, I think that at this point, the same way that he said he's out of the cyborg business, I honestly believe Dana White is out of the Ngannou business, which sucks for us. Yeah, I, I get you. And look, he is definitely got the power of petty. I mean, that is uh, that that is a, a sure. Dana White uh, that is a, a Dana White trait. Don't get me wrong, but ultimately, and I'm not even disagreeing that John would have dusted him. Maybe he would have. I you know, it's possible. You know, Francis, you know, has looked bad against Stipe back in the day, and Stipe was able to put him away. So I'm not even disagreeing with that. But once John beats Stipe, then what? Like, are there are you are, are they going to throw him against Curtis Blades? Does Aspinall get healthy by then? Maybe there are some big fights in there. Maybe some guys will get the hype behind them. But I don't necessarily know if that obvious matchup is there yet. And I do think the one thing that was interesting this week, I feel like John's popularity almost hit a, a peak for its career. You know, I feel like he got a lot of good pub. I feel like people were very fired up to have him back. It was about as beloved as John Jones has felt in a while. Which is why I say going into this Stipe fight, man, I'm intrigued to see, can he handle this? As a as a 34-year-old man now and not a kid in his 20s, can he handle success? Can he handle everything going good for him for a while? If he can, I don't think anybody takes that belt from him, Sean. But it's a big question because it always feels like he's got self-sabotage. It always feels like something wrong happens. And that sucks because... He is so clearly the best person to ever step inside that octagon. I don't think anybody's close. Not Khabib, not GSP. I think he's the best to do it as long as he's got his head on straight and there's not distractions that ruin his career. If he can keep his head on, if he can stay away, and if he can deal with success, this, this reign can go for as long as he wants it to. 
Well said. After Stipe, and he's like a three-to-one favorite right now, John Jones is to beat Stipe. So let's say he wins that fight. You're bringing up names like Curtis Blades. I don't think that does anything for the general public. You mentioned Tom Aspinall, friend of the show. I've long been a big fan of Tom, Tom Aspinall. I think he is going to be champion one day. But I don't think that that does a ton of pay-per-view bites, uh, buys. You know what does, though, at that point? Two letters. D-C. That's that, And I'm being kind of serious. That's, that's when I finally, that's when I come around to it because if he completely so if he moves from light heavyweight to heavyweight the same way that DC did in his career and then eventually takes out everybody the same way that he did at light heavyweight then there's only one left and then he's he's the final one he's the last boss in Mario Brothers right so I I could I could actually like I could actually see that kind of maybe just I'm giving it a 10% chance right now that maybe we get a chance to see John Jones DC3 well, it's an interesting thing, like, right, like, you know, and you're going to feel bad, like we say, like, I, I say this, and like, look, I think Curtis Blades is awesome. Sergey Pavlovich has looked like an absolute monster. I mean, like, beast, he was beast. the, he was a, he was the backup fighter to Surreal. Maybe he would have put up a better fight than Surreal gone. Um, it's just a question of, you have John Jones here, and I agree. You got to get as many big fights out of him as you can. All respect to these contenders who are coming on up, but I, I do think that, now that Francis is gone, let's just say Francis doesn't come back. How do you get the most out of John Jones? And yeah, obviously you got to do Stipe. You got to do goat versus heavyweight goat. That's an obvious one. Can't wait for it. But yeah, man, if you're looking at the landscape right now and you're seeing everybody else, do you give him one of these young lions or which, you know, we've seen John against the young lions, you know, it's not always the most motivation, you know, you get it for the first one or can you convince DC to take a grudge match one more time? You know, the, the last one wiped away to a no contest. Um, this is the division where DC probably should have been fighting the whole time. And, you know, he was a good friend. Lost weight, so he didn't have to get in Cain Velasquez's way. Can he right the wrong? I don't know. Maybe DC's happily retired. He doesn't want any of that. But I feel like if he – did you see the video? You know how they always do the Rogan uh, anic? Did you see Daniel Cormier's reaction to John winning? I mean, he hates his guts. He hates him. He was not very happy. You know, he was like, oh, God, this dude is. I think that he realized John looked as good at heavyweight as he used to look at light heavyweight. So it is it, it does feel like the promotion all of a sudden does have their guy back. And I agree with what you said. You got to you got to milk the the cow. Right. You got to you got to juice the, the, the orange for all you possibly can out of John Jones. So what is your early lean? Because we're talking about four months away. Assuming that he stays on the state narrow, straight and narrow, and he's fighting the greatest heavyweight of all time, Stipe Miocic, it's going to be tough. I feel like I'm saying the same thing I said the night that we saw the uh, Surreal Gan John Jones fight. But if I can get underdog money on Stipe Miocic at around three to one on fight night, even if he, I don't care if he's fighting a horse, a shark, or John Jones, I'm always going to take Stipe as a heavyweight at three to one underdog, right? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It seems logical, right? Like, why would you? Right. you know, it, it, it almost goes to the Volkanovsky thing, right? It's like we talked about this so much leading up to Volk versus Islam. It's like, 
I'm not, I'm going to turn down the opportunity for Volk to be this much of an underdog. And look, a lot of people thought that maybe, you know, not a lot, but I think some people thought that Volk should have gotten his hand raised that night against Islam. Um, if you go that way, dude, listen, I'm not going to make fun of you. I mean, if you're going to talk about the best heavyweight champion of all time uh, at that number, who could, who could hate getting value on that? It's just, man, John looked unbeatable. And I do almost feel like I, I, I feel like the closer we get to that fight, should it be smooth and there not be any controversy? I feel like John's only going to become a heavier favorite the closer we do. So maybe you wait and wait and wait, and then you just hop on Stipe to get something done. Because it is fascinating. We didn't get every question answered. What does John's cardio look like? What does he look like against a guy who can stuff his takedowns? What does he? Stipe is a much more well-rounded fighter than Surreal. Honestly, the biggest question around him is age. That's the only thing that you got to look at with Stipe and be like, all right, is that going to catch up with him? Um, but as far as skill sets concerned, it's a much more it's a much more difficult fight for John. You mentioned Islam. He called out Benil Daryush. He said he wants him in his next title defense. Coming up next, I'm gonna fight Brendan Tobin on the radio. You're locked into the Bet QL Network.